Hey there, welcome to Soul Skillet Presents Q the Hustle, where we talk entrepreneurship from all walks of life. I'm your girl, Keish. Let's get into it. Hey, hey, hey there. Yo, what is good with you guys? Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Q the Hustle Podcast, presented by Soul Skillet, episode number two. Yo, thank you guys so much for tuning in one more time. We just want to show all the appreciation, but we're really here to provide the people with the information, support, and tactics from people who are actually doing it out here. You know what I'm saying? We emphasize entrepreneurship, but frankly, if you got a nine to five salary, whatever your career is that you're doing to sustain and maintain, we want to hear about it to share it. It might spark something in somebody else to cue their hustle. Yo, today's episode we're going to be talking about a bowling alley. Not just any bowling alley, but Mission Bowling Club in San Francisco. It's a really, really dope spot that I like to call adult focus. It's one of those places that, you know, you can take a date to. You know, you can get really cute and be like, we're about to go to the bowling alley. And it's not about to be you in some weird place with sticky floors. Um, no offense. Those are still great. But this place is cool. And it's ran by a woman of color named Molly, who is, you know, with COVID, facing some new challenges, but still standing in the eye of adversity with positivity. And so we just want to hear her story, hear her background, how she's maintaining, sustaining, and ultimately what she's learned through this process. So hang in there, listen through it, take some notes. Again, thank you so much for listening in. And let's get into it. Hi, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, it's definitely, I just, Eater SF just put out the, like, a headline. They're like, it's six months officially. I'm like, oh, God. Well, hopefully, you know, a couple of things change within that time that hopefully that's just a headline for now, you know? Absolutely. Um, staying positive is probably going to be the one thing that everyone needs to do. <laughs> I mean, that's all we got at this point is just to stay positive. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, gosh. All right. Really um, about Sunday. Yeah, um, I'm excited, too. I'm really nervous, but excited. I'm, you know, every time it's an event, I've always, I always feel nervous. I feel like even if you could, whatever you do, it's like a performance, you know, people are going to... Either they're going to show up, they're not going to show up, they're going to love it, they're going to hate it. Uh, right. Either way, you have to put on. So uh, yep. I'm excited and ready to see what happens over at Mission Bowl. But um, today we have Molly with us. And Molly, um, thank you so much for um, doing this. You are my second guest and hopefully oh, cool. of many. So uh, I appreciate your time today. So we're just going to get right into it. Um, okay. If you can just give us a little bit of background about yourself. No problem. So my name is Molly Bradshaw. I am the owner of Mission Bowling Club here in the Mission District of San Francisco. Um, I've been a sole owner for about two years um, and uh, it's been great. I've really enjoyed um, the opportunity to kind of the buck stop here, the number one head honcho kind of responsibilities. <laughs> It's a big difference, partners, having partners versus um, sort of being solo as the lead. Um, there are some pros and cons of it, but I feel really good about the position. I, um, my back, back background is mostly bars. 
um, restaurants and bowling was not in my background. So it is definitely, it's been a learning curve, but I've been in this position or running the operations for more than two years. I've been here since 2012. I was part of the entire build out, um, saw, saw it from de demo to opening doors. So that was a wonderful experience to be part of a construction site, full project, um, a uh, full-on start-to-finish project was a really, really good good thing for me. Uh, before that, I uh, have a master's degree in public health and nice. was in, in that field for 12 plus years. Um, so really, my the reason why I found myself still working in bars is just student loans and paying off debt. <laughs> So I kind of just stuck with it and was given an opportunity back in 2007 to open a bar. Um, I'd been bartending for over seven years at that point, and um, it just felt like a, a good opportunity. And I said yes, and I opened Mini Bar in the Western Edition part of uh, San Francisco, and that was in 2008, official open. And then in 2010, my business partner from Mini Bars wanted to do something else and also invited me to come to the table. And she and I, um, you know, worked out all the details and rolled up our sleeves and started Mission Bowling Club. Wow. Now, I mean, like you said, you've been in bars. Now, how did the idea of the bowling alley really come about and what made it what made you go for more of a adult friendly or adult focused mm -hmm. approach than versus your typical bowling alley? Well, definitely um, we were trying to do something that was different from what maybe was nostalgically familiar with mm -hmm. um, certain folks. So a lot of people, especially folks who are coming from the Midwest, I hear so many stories. I'm a California uh, native, but you know, people from the Midwest is like, this is how you spent your winters, you know, in a 36 <laughs> to 56 lane uh, bowling alley. And it was sorry, sorry about the noise. I can close the window. Oh, no worries. If you hear a train, just ignore that over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that, you know, we, we kind of knew what the model was, or we, Summer and I, that was my business partner, we both grew up in a sub suburbs of Sacramento and spent plenty of time in bowling alleys at different, in different ways. I was more of the cut school, uh, go after midnight, be <laughs> a ruckus in the parking lot. And she had a more wholesome upbringing in the bowling alleys where her parents were part of the leagues and it was just a very family affair so um but we all knew what it was like a little smelly bad lights um plastic everywhere mm -hmm. so being here you know moving to for me moving to oakland for summer it was san francisco you know we were being exposed to different types of design different aesthetics and really sort of saw that you know and there were other models like this we're not the first but there were other places who kind of made, whoa, cool bowling alleys. And so it was a great idea to take nostalgia, add a level of comfort, uh, timelessness, good design, comfortable uh, seating, great food, great um, food and drink, and, and really kind of do it that way. So 
by sort of elevating it, and I hope that's not sort of a bad word, but by elevating the no. experience, we kind of knew that it wasn't going to be the price point that as a teenager that worked, you know, it's an expensive town. It's an expensive piece of real estate. And we, you know, we really had to make sure that we weren't going to, um, uh, set ourselves up for failure financially if we followed that model. So we kind of knew what we had to do and we knew where we wanted to, you know, be located. And, you know, a lot of the pieces just came together and, uh, we still are, you know, we're, we're still very much, I wouldn't say we're not family friendly, but I still feel like we've just made very conscious decisions about time and place. Mm -hmm. So when during daytime hours, the kids run the show, we don't put restrictions on them and we let them go crazy. And that's so much fun. And you should see the joy in their faces. Um, you know, because, you know, it's not always easy to tell a child, you oh, you can't run, <laughs> you know? So we let them run and we kind of just let that happen. But then after night, after, you know, dusk, we, we tend to say, okay, it's, you know, time for adults to let loose and they run around and go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we're just picking and choosing. We're, we definitely have those times where kids are, kids are the, the, the boss. And then the other time where adults are the boss and, so it's a happy medium. No, absolutely. I think, um, like you said, it's comfortable in there, but it's really nice and really upscale. You guys did a really, really great job in designing the space versus your typical bowling alley where there would be, you know, video games and all kind of extra things, foosball tables or air hockey tables around. You know, it's yep. a really comfortable place where you can bring, you know, you and your coworkers can come. Or yeah. you and your adult friends be like, hey, let's go bowling. And it's not your normal bowling alley. Have a good time. And also, like you said, during the daytime, you know, bring the kids. And at night, come back with your partner or whoever. And y'all have a real good turn up at the bowling alley. Um, <laughs> what was your key driving force to becoming an entrepreneur? You know, um, I guess there was, there is always, I think, a certain level of confidence where you kind of, there's that one day where someone's like, you, you kind of ask maybe the follow-up question or the, the like, well, how or why? And then you hear someone else's inspiration and then you're like, well, shoot, I can do that. This yeah. person <laughs> gave me enough insight to see where it's not some mystery. Um, and then, then, then you just have to ask yourself, you know, the questions I, I didn't, there, there's so many different types of owners, just like there's so many different types of people. So and different industries kind of bring different people to the table. I think in bars and restaurants, you see some people who are like, sometimes it's their playground or it's their show, it's their bravado, it's their ego. Um, and sometimes it's this humbleness of wanting to serve, wanting to be, a hospi be hospitable. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many different approaches to being in this industry and being an entrepreneur that I felt like it was an opportunity that I had to make space and make it what I think is comfortable. And so it's kind of, that's kind of the cool thing about it. I remember sitting, <laughs> it's always my fun. I could never do this. I feel like that's the type of this, this story is the type of owner that I can't be, okay. <laughs> but this, you know, I sit down at this, my friend's restaurant 
and he's playing this music that I love, but it's like f bomb this, and like it's just really raunchy, and I'm just like we're at dinner, and I'm looking around, and I was like, you you're playing blah blah blah, and he's just like my f in place, Molly, I can do whatever <laughs> I want, and I was like, oh my god, and boss talk. <laughs> <laughs> and that's sometimes you meet those owners and god bless them they inspire me they make me stronger because i do sometimes feel a bit you know it's intimidating you you're you're giving a service for a price and sometimes you can't always please everyone and that sometimes comes back at you in a real real (laughs) real harsh way and it can be very intimidating and sometimes then you lose some of your like you know by literally spine you're like oh yeah i'll turn this music off right away you know and you're right like, oh, wait a minute. i i am this is what i want no if you don't like it there are lots of other places but you know that's that's a different type of business <laughs> i mean it um as i'm learning as an entrepreneur it seems like um i guess the more time you have and the more fails and success that you um, have in entrepreneurship, there becomes a balance where, you know, it seems like for me in the beginning, it is all about, you know, the customer is always right and trying to please the customer. But over time, though, you're still a person. This is still your business. You still run it however you see fit. So if you want that music saying F this, F that, uh, you know what? I'm sorry. You can go next door and eat where they're just playing violins. It's up to you. Yeah, yeah exactly. And guess what? You'll be surprised that some people really appreciate that. They appreciate the extension of you, the extension of your personality. They, the, the, this, like, it's truly, you know, they want to support the whole you, yeah. you know, which is really cool to be honest, you know? Yeah. And definitely, I mean, after meeting you and the staff, like it really feels like you guys are a family there. Like what kind of culture exists in the organization and how did you really establish that with everybody there? Well, I just, one of my staff came in and I was going to make a joke. I was like, I just tell them what to do. (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel like we, you know, it's respect. Um, You want people to want to be here. Oh, we, we want, we want staff to want to come to work, feel supported, feel cared for, feel invested in Um, that. So that's kind of the tone that I really like um and that's what i project um i know it sounds weird but um i do think it's hard to come to work every day i do think that you know this everyone has different um situations in their life um walking through the door could have been sort of an extraordinary level of effort on someone's part and they're doing it and i personalize it probably way too much but they're doing it for me and i really respect that um and then if they can't come to work, as long as they tell me, I really respect that too. That level of honesty, um, it's, it's sometimes a bit much. I don't always um, feel like I have the best place um, for some people because some people are, don't, don't need that. And I, I get along with like, people who are also very like, you know, distant or like, you know, no, work is, is not that hard, Molly, you know, and they, they just have a different type of work ethic. But I, I try to like just really create an open um open environment that gives people what they want respect people from where they're coming from and 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 what their goals are in life you know um try to support um their next step you know that sounds awesome like um 
again, just meeting you guys. Everybody seemed like they genuinely wanted to be there. Like you said, they genuinely just want to get up and go to work. And <laughs> being the type of boss, like some people have a really hard time with people who don't go to work. Now I get it. Sometimes it's, it, it does get a little crazy and it's like, damn, I could have really used you here. But yeah. I like what you said, you know, as long as you tell me, be honest and really give me enough time, we're all good. Life happens, things happen. Um, I've noticed you've been very supportive of other entrepreneurs and especially during this time with COVID. Uh, why are these partnerships important to you? You know, um, one, they're very inspiring as well. Um, it's, it's always great, you know, when you're open for business, especially in a restaurant or a bar, you know, you, your daily is what new thing is going to walk through my door. Like there's no such thing as a scripted uh, event in, in I think restaurant life. No, no day is the same ever. It's, it's, it's usually a good day or a bad day, but no day. Is ever <laughs> um, but you meet new people, you get this like really cool, you know, level of energy when it's like really humming and things like that. And so like without that, because COVID has created this like, you know, challenge of, of operating at that high capacity, we're kind of, you know, kind of really slow. It's like, well, let's open the place up for the, the new people. Like let's bring people into our home because, you know, we miss people. We really do, you know? And so this was one way. And then it was also, you know, helped us, you know, to, to be honest, it's always helpful to not have one day in the kitchen, someone else's cooking. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I came from a bar background, but I, through working in this restaurant, I have a very deep appreciation for the, the art, the culinary arts and the work and the, also the, um, you know, if you're high integrity, you have to be a really mm -hmm. integrity to be in the kitchen because when you cut corners, that is so obvious. It's just like, you can't cut corners. I just realized that in there, it's like, it's too, it, it could ruin the dish. It could come across as poor. You know what yeah. I mean? So you, you, you really have to have great people in the kitchen who value that. Like, like it's, it's an extension of them this dish, you know, I know it sounds crazy when, you know, we're, we're, you know, sometimes it's not the most complicated food, but it's great food. Cause I know they put all their heart and soul in it. I know it's fresh. I know it's of good quality, you know? Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Um, as the person that is in the cook kitchen and cooking, I mean, if I'm having a bad day, it may show in what I'm doing. And if I'm cooking, it's probably going to show in that if I can't set aside whatever's happening, personally or around me and make sure that what I'm presenting to the customer or to the guests is something that I would enjoy and I would eat and I would be comfortable with like, oh yeah, telling somebody else. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's definitely that kind of deal. Um, when we so first start, oh, go ahead. So, just like, so one, it wasn't just like inviting bar people or I was like, no, I want to invite food people because I love to be inspired by what they are inspired by and like learn their techniques. And, you know, they, they teach us. So it was really, really somewhat, you know, selfish. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll learn a few things for sure. Um, when we first started talking, you shared with me the headline in SF Eater today. And I just want to know really, how did it really 
make you feel and what does it really make you see for the future? Because um, as I asked you earlier in the week, you know, I had saw at the top of the week that SF was starting to open things back up. And yeah. so what does that mean for you guys? Or when does that say, hey, you know, it's a green light? It didn't, it seemed like it was for everybody. But just what were your feelings around that article? Uh, I mean, I, you know, trying to stay positive. Um, wow, we've made it six months in when it's hard, you know, financially, you know, you have to be prepared to have six months of zero finances, basically, you know, That's and keep right there. In yeah, business. And, yeah, and the same amount of expenses. So we've, um, I think we've tightened the reins financially. We've made hard decisions. Um, we've narrowed our focus to do what we can do and do it as, you know, of high quality and feel proud. Um, and then try to make sure that every day we're open, we're showing a positive spirit and creating an atmosphere people would enjoy, you know? So it, it, this is, this has been a challenge to do, to put on a brave face, but I have a great staff and we're doing the best we can. Um, six, I am proud of where we are right now. I Absolutely. just, you know, I just, it's really, really difficult to, um, you know, it, it, it feels like San Francisco is doing an excellent job of putting the public health first. I will never say that's a bad thing. I obviously I have a master's of public health. I get it. <laughs> what they're doing. Exactly. So I am never going to be like, what? We can open it up. So um, it's 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 one of those things that you have to do and be a hundred percent on board with um, because you believe in the greater good, and that's what we're trying to do. And they're going to be. Um, dramatic changes you know we may not survive we may not survive as a business other businesses may not survive um, you know I'm just sort of a little sad at you know yes we <laughs> we'll be proud that we saved lives and we are focused and committed to people's health that's so valuable it's just gonna feel a little hard, you know, <laughs> knowing that there's been so much loss in other ways, you know. No, absolutely. And I think it is sad, but you guys have done a wonderful job over there. I mean, if anybody has ever been to Mission Bowling Club, it's always a good time. It was always packed. You guys always had some type of, you know, private event going on and it was just always a really good time. And whatever happens, just thank you from me and hopefully from the community oh. that's been there. Um, and to also just give hope as um, a woman, entrepreneur, a woman of color out here, really being successful in areas where it could be difficult sometimes. Yeah. So, I, thank, you. thank you. No, thank you. That was really, um, that's, you know, it's uplifting no matter what. And this is where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be working with you on Sunday and like getting a chance to like, you know, see you in the kitchen and, and serve your food and work alongside you because that that is sort of the really special thing. This is what those this place has given me opportunities 
and maybe that's where a little bit of that like oh when how am i gonna they're not gonna come over to my house (laughs) (laughs) it's like how do you reinvent yourself i know i think that's one of the biggest questions for some of us some people have already pivoted and figured that out really quickly yeah how do you reinvent yourself how are you going to continue to move forward post covid Mm -hmm. what does 2021 look like how are Mm -hmm. we going to deal everything is so um unpredictable i guess um i'll see you next year and we'll revisit those questions (laughs) (laughs) exactly um so my last question because i don't want to hold you too much if you can share any lessons from 2020 what would you share save your money I mean, if anything, worst case scenario person, me, I did have, you know, I do have enough money I saved. I was, I felt well prepared for three months. I felt well prepared for four months and then five and then six. And that preparedness certainly uh, feels a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so I say, you know, it's like worst case scenarios are not negative. It's actually a good way to make sure that you're, protecting yourself, protecting your interests. You've worked really, really hard. So make sure you always have a good plan for, for, for the what ifs, you know, it's not negative. Sometimes people are like, Oh, that's, you know, like, no, no, it's, it's, it's a good safety net. I, I like safety nets to be honest. I really like they, those things come in handy. <laughs> yeah. they come there's, in handy. It, there's a certain level of confidence that, you know, I think some of us had, you know, March 16th when the doors closed. And then that confidence is, you know, definitely diminishing for, you know, for me, but, you know, I, I felt okay. I didn't feel scared, you know, but things, things do change over time. Yeah. I think all of 2020 is just negative in itself. So no need to take your spirit there either. <laughs> so that's so it. True. You know, Thank keep- you. No, that's very true. And I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, Molly, um, that's all I got for you. Um, once again, I truly, truly appreciate you coming on here and speaking with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, thank you. I look forward to seeing you Sunday. Um, I look forward to just watching, continuing to see where Mission Bowling is going. Hopefully, you know, San Francisco lifts up something else and, you know, at least come in there and bowl in the lane one last time. Oh, yeah. It even has to be the last time. Right. Um, I'll take my chances. I might have to do a little, you know, you know, like, okay, they're going to arrest us, but we're going to go outside. (laughs) Hey, there you go. You know, if that's how it goes, why (laughs) would a damn bang? Right. A little bit. A little bit. I got a lot of booze. I got a lot of booze I got to get rid of. So, hell, you know. If y'all listening, come on down. They have drinks to go. Okay. Bartender Tammy's over there hooking it up. her get loose can cocktails and you can grab something and a good burger and be about your way so still support where you can but thank you again molly and what i'll let the listeners know is save your money because you never know when you might need that (laughs) yeah (laughs) have a good contingency plan (laughs) yes well thank you again molly thank you have a wonderful day you do the same take care So you can catch Molly and the crew over at Mission Bowling Club. It's 3176 17th Street in San Francisco, California. It's a dope spot for adults to go 
and bowl um, children too during the day. Please keep that in mind if you're here visiting. Um, truly hope that they will be back open to get in there and experience those lanes. But if not, their patio is open. They offer great cocktails, great food. I myself will be there. It's sad to hear that places that people have put their blood, sweat, and tears in for so long has to close due to things they can't control. But I guess truly that's life sometimes. And I guess we should all be lucky to still be alive if you made it this far. So thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Soul Sealer podcast. Hopefully we'll get, not hopefully, we will be getting more guests and more people to talk to and just having fun and getting a little bit of insight on what is happening out here in the world with our entrepreneurs. So thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourself. Thank you.